Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys podcast. It's that time again. This week we are going to talk about banks are not your friend, REO and bank-owned pitfalls. This is a topic that hits home for me. I still, unfortunately, do business with REO properties. Not my favorite thing. Matter of fact, what inspired this episode, got two closings this week, both REO properties. Both of them, the REO, the management companies that are handling these REOs are train wrecks. Ugh, gotta bring you, I gotta, I gotta bring this out into the open and educate. Uh, you folks on on what actually goes on behind the scenes with the REOs. Thought about doing this an episode with a, an REO broker that uh, listing broker. I've got a couple of them that are friends of mine that I work with. But I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna take this one uh, solo, and I want to talk to you from my perspective, working with representing the buying side of the transaction. So first of all, the asset managers. Let me tell you something. Asset managers, and now this things I'm gonna say do not apply to every single transaction. But I'm going to say loosely that they apply to most. And when I see most, I mean almost all asset managers being overzealous, at least down here in Florida. We are in a seller's market right now for as, for as long as that may last. And what happens when you're in a seller's market is people start getting cocky. Sellers get cocky and the banks get wind of this. The listing agents get wind of this. It makes everything a little more difficult. Asset managers, they know they can pretty much put anything on the market and it will sell right now because there are plenty there are plenty of dumb people out there that will buy a house just because they feel they need to buy a house. They don't even take the time to do the homework. They don't run the numbers. They're not doing any checks and balances. They're just trying to get some sort of an award, a trophy for winning the, whoever wins the most auctions wins, I guess. I don't know. But here's what you need to be watching out for. And, and, and I always laugh when I, I hear buyers sometimes they'll call me on the phone because we, we manage quite a few of uh, REO listings. Our team does. And they go, I want to talk to the listing agent. Well, why do you want to talk to the listing agent? Well, because I was told I'm gonna, I know that I'm going to get a better deal if I do deal directly with the listing agent. No, you're not. Don't be stupid. That's not the case at all because here's the thing. Listing agents, any good real REO listing agent does not want to talk to you. You're a buyer. That means you're a dirty scum. So get that in your head right away. Listing agents, nine times out of ten, want nothing to do with you as a buyer. The whole reason why they do REOs is so they don't have to deal with you. What they do want to deal with is the nine-to-five cubicle dweller, bottom feeder, asset manager. That's who they really want to deal with. So let them exist in their in their realm and have fun with their asset managers and play golf with them and send them pizza or whatever they do. But realistically, the only time you're going to see an REO listing agent that wants to deal with a buyer is if they're brand spanking new and they don't know any better. In which case, still, you're not going to get any better of a deal. Here's why. REOs primarily wind up becoming an auction. And people tell me this all the time. They go, 
It's not an auction. It's not an auction. It doesn't say that it's an auction. Well, okay, let me back up. It's technically not an auction, but I will say this. So I put an offer in for my buyer, and another agent puts an offer in for their buyer, another agent puts an offer in. Now we're in multiple offers. Bring your highest and best. Let me tell you, folks, I don't care how you skin it or what you call it. That's an auction. It uh, You may not think of it like an auction, but it's an auction. Now, same thing I've also heard is people get mad, and they call, and they yell and scream, and they go, they, they raise holy hell, and they're thinking, well, if they ask $100,000 for that house, they should accept 100000 for the house, and they shouldn't. It shouldn't be a highest and best. Well, that just doesn't even make sense. I mean, that's just dumb. Here's the big thing that you, that a lot of people don't seem to understand and can't seem to grasp. Maybe you're stuck in 1950s, 1940s when the bank was your friend. Just like on It's a Wonderful Life, the savings and loan. And Johnny made you a loan on the house. And oh, wasn't that sweet. And then Charlie got a, an extra money for to put a third bedroom in for the baby. Those days are long gone, long gone, 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 gone. Savings and loans haven't been around for decades. Now you're dealing with banks. Banks are corporations. Banks don't care about Johnny, Susie, the third bedroom, or the kid. Banks care about one thing, and that's making money. The bank will crush you in a heartbeat. They don't care that you don't that you you live there. They don't care what your problems are. If you don't pay your bill, they're going to put you out in the street. Understand that they're not playing games anymore. Same thing when you're buying a property. They don't care about you at all. You are nothing but an entry on the bottom of an email. Your name is on a spreadsheet. That's all they care about. I wish I could turn this into a sweet, cuddly, cozy, it's okay, it's the bank. The bank won't take advantage of you. That is a bunch of garbage, absolute garbage. Give you some examples. About a year ago, I had a, well, actually, I've had this happen a couple times. There's one uh, listing agent in the area and one asset manager in the area that they decided they'd like to write their own contracts. They have, they come up with their, their own uh, buyer agreement that hasn't been reviewed by anybody. And then they start forcing buyers to sign it. And basically what it says is under no circumstances, the minute you put this offer under no circumstances, do you have any rights whatsoever as a buyer, which means if they can't d- deliver marketable title to you too bad, you still have to close. If you don't close, they get your security deposit earnest money. It's that simple. I have seen these addendums. I have piles of them in a file folder that I'd be happy to share with you guys. It's absolutely crazy. Some of the stuff that these asset managers are are shoving under buyer's nose and getting them to sign that because they don't care about you. They're just looking to shorten the pile on their desk. Understand that they've got some scumbag attorneys representing them in some cases that are, are making things impossible to get out of where they're actually turning the buying and selling process into a profit center based on failure. They want you to fail. They get a five, ten thousand dollar earnest money check. No big deal. I had one fall apart recently because we asked to have the the closing day extended by one day. And the asset manager came back and said for a one day extension they want a five thousand dollar fine. I couldn't believe it. You want five thousand dollars to go on to the next day. Now, if this was the end of the month or something like that and they were trying to get off their spreadsheet, maybe I could understand it a little bit. But that wasn't the case here. It was just an asset manager. Ooh, asset. That's interesting. Hmm. Asset. Ass. Set. Yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. An overzealous asset manager just trying to make things difficult. Apparently, they're not happy with their $10, $12, $14 an hour job sitting in a cubicle somewhere, and that just makes them mad, so they have to take it out on the whole world. Well, 
don't let these people, don't let these asset managers or these listing agents force you into signing contracts that are not in your favor. If you're playing in the foreclosure market and you're buying off the MLS, you damn sure better get yourself a buyer's agent. Someone that understands contract negotiations, that understands REOs, more importantly, that has a relationship with the REO brokers. If you don't think that it's a good old boy program, you're kidding yourself. If you have an agent in town that has a black mark on them that, that is not liked by the other real estate agents, I know a couple people like this that they're jerks. They're, they're, they're not nice people. They're not, they're not good at making friends. They have a very difficult time getting their offers accepted. I've seen this happen. They complain, they complain, they complain. They go on Facebook and do all these rants and raves and whatever, but if you're not nice to the listing agent, you're not going to get anywhere. And keep in mind, guys, the listing agents don't want to deal with you as a buyer. What they want to deal with, is they just want to deal with the asset managers. So understand that. Nine times out of ten, you will not get an REO listing agent on the phone. Uh, part of that is because they frankly don't want to talk to you. Uh, the other part of that, more importantly, is the fact that their phones ring nonstop. I got friends that are REO agents that do a lot of business, um, and they are their phones are never quit. They actually have phones just for the REO calls, their own a, a separate cell phone from their other ones. It's that crazy. So keep in mind, the last thing they want to do is get on the phone with you and, and hear their wo- your woes of, of problems and whatnot. So don't fall sucker to that. Now, the listing agents, they unfortunately tend to get the blame a lot for the actions of the asset manager. And I've, I've, I've been on the inside of this, and I can tell you, nine times out of ten, it is not the listing agent that's being a jerk. It's the asset manager on the other side. I'm not saying that because I'm a realtor. I'm saying that because it's it's logic. It's reality. The agent has to do. It's their, That's their customer. They really have to do, within reason, what their client asks them to do. In other words, if you call me and say, I want to make an $5,000 offer on a million-dollar house tomorrow. Well, you know, if I was the listing agent, technically I would have to present that offer to the seller. So, And don't waste your time calling me because I'll tell you to pack sand if you did that because I think that's ridiculous. But realistically, a listing agent is supposed to present all offers to the seller. That is the responsibility. So keep that in mind. It's important that you understand how the things shake out so that you don't make some of the common mistakes uh, that we see Going out there now, those of you that write a lot of offers, especially on these REOs, know that it takes it just it takes just that you're writing a lot of offers to get these accepted. Uh, one of the biggest pitfalls I see, and the reason I, I see people do this all the time, it usually tells me they're rookies. I see a long inspection period that usually tells me it's a rookie wholesaler or a buyer that's scared to death. Instead put a short inspection period in there. Nine times out of 10, if you're even close on the price that the bank wants, the bank's going to have you do a short inspection period. That's going to be one of their counter offers. They're going to come back and say they want a one day, two day, three day, five day inspection period. And here's the thing. This is what I tell my buyers a lot is if you're really serious about this house, let's get in there, get your inspection over with and be prepared to make your highest and best offer. If that's what you want to do. Now, I'm not a big believer in the whole REO thing, I think that if you're fixed, if you're buying for as an investor, getting into an auction type scenario never works out in your favor. But if you absolutely insist, uh, then knock yourself out. What can I do? You got to get yourself wrapped around the mindset that overall foreclosure properties anymore in this market, in a seller's market, in today's real estate market, are really not a good deal. It's very rare that you can get a good deal. And how do I know this? Here's the thing: the federal government; these are 
government-backed loans, the federal government puts these out first to other government agencies and not-for-profit organizations. What that means to you is you are buying the scraps. You are buying the leftovers. The not-for-profit organizations, they get first dibs on these before you even know they're on the market. Now, if you see those properties in your neighborhood and you see it's got a sign on the window, but there's no signpost out front yet, and it's had the sign on the window for a long time, and every once in a while you see somebody pull up in a car and go inside and come back out, well, that's probably a uh, asset, on-site asset management company, but I can also assure you it is probably an agent like me, for example, that is out there representing the non-for-profit organizations, and my job is to go in there and I do an assessment on the rehab cost and see what condition the property's in. And then what we do is we fill out a spreadsheet to determine what if the cash-on-cash return for that property meets the not-for-profit organization's bottom line. And if it does, that not-for-profit gets to buy it before you even knew it was for sale. So think about that. Not only are you in an auction fighting for something, and then I remember not even, I'm not even talking about a traditional auction with an auctioneer, I mean, just in general, you are fighting over other buyers. You're competing for a property. To make it worse, you're competing with the scraps, the leftovers. What fun is that? Where's your profit margin? And a lot of people say, well, I can make it up on the back end. Can you really? Have you really done the math to see how much you make on a flip? Well, you know, the bottom line is these are going to get bid up to the highest amount someone is willing to pay. That's how auctions work. Another thing you got to think about when you're buying foreclosure properties, the former owners, they often do hidden damage. I've had situations to where there's been concrete poured down the sewer pipes. They'll pour dry concrete in the toilet and they keep flushing the toilet. And I remember it was on a house I bought actually back in the day, back in, I don't know, 2001, 2002. I remember they, they filled up the entire sewer pipe with concrete. It was crazy. They even went so far as to make little holes in the side of the pipe up through the walls to let some of the water out so they could pack more concrete in. It was nuts. But that happens. Wire theft, that's another one that's, that's, that happens a lot. They steal the wiring right out of the house, the old owners. Or sometimes it's just street thugs from down the, down, the, down the neighborhood getting the copper wiring, stealing the air conditioner. This is a common one. People overlook this all the time. When you're walking an REO, you darn sure better look at it the day before closing Make sure that air conditioner is still there. And a matter of fact, before you bid on it at all, make sure that the air conditioning system is still there. Nine times out of ten, that'll be missing, even in good neighborhoods. I've seen this in country club communities. The AC system going missing. The appliances going missing. And a lot of the asset managers these days are actually removing the appliances. Uh, they're moving them, taking them out of the house anyway when they come to secure it. I've seen that a lot lately. Uh, I'm not sure if they're supposed to be doing that or if that's something that uh, the banks are pushing for. I guess when we get one of the, the REO agents on the horn here, uh, upcoming episodes, then we'll talk about that. Another one that's come up recently, and here you go. This is the benefit of having a good home inspector. Fortunately, my home inspector caught it drilling holes in the roof. Now, my home inspector, he goes up there, and, and he's pretty thorough. And you guys know I don't buy houses, but I buy multifamily properties. But in this case, I was, I was helping a buyer out and the old homeowner and how he noticed it was there was sawdust shavings up in the attic. that didn't make any sense with tar and whatnot. And it turns out the owner had, the old owner had drilled holes in the roof, very small holes, about a hundred of them. 
all through the roof, up right up through the shingles, the whole nine yards. And it had not rained in a couple days. Uh, they had just recently secured the property. The asset managers had just recently, asset company had secured the property, and sure as heck, they drilled holes in the roofs. How uh, the old owner had, had drilled holes in there. So there you have it. Keep in mind, when you're buying a foreclosure property, the the bank takes no responsibility for anything. What that means, that means there is no disclosure. None. They will not sign a seller's disclosure form, which means you take full responsibility for everything that has happened in that house from the day you buy it. You, you, you're assuming it as is. Don't let the real estate agent tell you otherwise. Most I can't imagine an agent telling you otherwise, but I have heard that happen. Oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, you need to worry about it. Do your due diligence. Do your homework. Understand that the bank is a business. The bank is a corporation run by human beings. All they care about is that their paychecks are correct and they get to go home on Friday night. They don't care about anything else and they certainly don't care about you. If you ever really want to know how the banking system, the Federal Reserve, really works, maybe you should get a copy of The Creature from Jekyll Island that was written by G. Edward Griffin. Great author, great book. You really want to get an idea of how corrupt the banking system the Federal Reserve is, then you should think about reading that book. I digress. Going back to, the bank is not going to protect you, just like the government is not going to protect you. I assure you, the bank will not protect you. The listing agents, they don't have any idea what what has gone on with the property. They're going to have you sign a bunch of uh, hold harmless agreements. Why? Because they have no idea what's going on with the property. So understand what you're getting yourself into before you pull the trigger. Get out there and get a home inspection done if you're going to play around with these REO properties. I don't really see any good reason to play around with them. That's just me. Unless they've been on the market for a long, long time and you can get a negotiate a really good deal when you're the only one bidding, when everybody else has given up, you may catch a, an asset manager off their game and then go from there. Another thing I come up with a lot is uh, hidden fees at closing. Now, this is very common. Most real estate agents, this drives me crazy and this happens, but most real estate agents, they don't even read the contracts that their buyers are signing. They feel that it's the buyer's responsibility to read this stuff before they sign it. Well, I'm here to tell you, in the days of electronic signature, most people don't read the contracts. I go through every one of my contracts for my buyer every single time, anything out of the ordinary, to make sure they fully understand and I actually make them initial next to things that are outside of the norm to make sure they get it. If your agent's not doing that for you, you may want to think about looking for another agent. But you should read every single thing that is put in front of you when it comes to a real estate transaction. And a lot of people are shaking my head going, no, dude, that's not cool, man. Because I've done this, like, I've owned like 100, I flipped like 100 houses and I never read nothing. That makes me cool. No, that makes you an idiot. That makes you taking unnecessary risk. And God forbid you're representing somebody else in a transaction. You should take the time to read the paperwork and make sure that you understand it. That is absolutely critical. So break out that real estate contract and read it. You want to get an education about real estate and law? Just read the real estate contract and you'll get it. If you don't understand it, think about it this way. There's probably a good reason why you don't understand it. And maybe before you go any farther, you should understand it completely before you go any further. Think about that. Now, just listening to Jimmy Napier, he's got his 70 cash flow ideas. That was something that my friend Larry Harbolt turned me on to. 
told me that I needed to listen to that every single time I had the opportunity, and I do. Every time I cut the grass, I go places. I'm between podcasts or whatever, trying to decide what to listen to. I break out the Jimmy Napier 200 uh, or 70 cash flow ideas. That guy is brilliant. Old school mentality. He talks about you should not buy anything without reading all the paperwork. And he also talks about nine out of 10 people don't even understand any contract they read, let alone a real estate contract. Then you got no business signing it. So don't feel bad that people are going to think you're stupid. Actually, I think you're brilliant. If you take the time to read the contracts, be smart about it. That's the way you should be doing it. Don't let people pressure you into any other way of doing things. Another common thing that comes up is that you will send over a contract or an offer for a property using, you know, if you're using your agent or whatnot, and you will find that the buyer or the, the listing agent will then come back with another addendum that the bank wants you to sign. After the fact, this is common. They don't include it up front. They try to slide it in. Well, you need to sign this and then we'll look at your offer. Well, that document right there, you should really be reading that one to make sure you fully understand what it says. For example, and this just came up today, they, a day before closing, they send over an addendum and said, you have to sign this or we can't close on the house. So of course I look at it for my buyer and it says that the buyer agrees to pay a $950 transaction fee to the bank. Now, it's the cash purchase, but to the bank, the bank being the seller, a $950 transaction fee that the buyer also agrees to pay both sides of the title company's closing fee, both the buyer's fee and the seller's fee, and agrees to pay documentary stamps, the seller's documentary stamps, even though the contract that we signed and everybody agreed upon said nothing of the sort. 24 hours before closing, they pulled this garbage on us. Well, guess what? We're not closing on this property because that's ridiculous. But they know that people have fear of loss. And these banks, these asset managers, they'll hold that against you and get you in a position where you feel like you're backed against the wall. And, oh, my goodness, if I lose this flip opportunity, all these terrible things will happen. Well, let me guess. Let me, let me say one thing. You got out of bed just fine the, night, the day before you even knew this property existed. You didn't die. Life went on. Life was fine. And guess what? Tomorrow, if you don't have this house, life will be okay. It's okay if a transaction falls apart when someone's trying to take advantage of you. And I'm here to tell you the banks will try at any, any turn to take advantage of you. These are REO bank-owned properties. You have to be extremely careful. Now, granted, I'm probably stepping out of the box here. A lot of people are going to be shaking their head going, oh, man, it's going to be bad. Well, life, you know, that's just too bad because I am here to make sure that you, the buying public, those of you that are out here taking action, making it happen, are in a position to be safe, that, that you're not going to get taken advantage of. The last part of today's episode, I want to talk about a little bit about closing and title issues. We talked about this before, but I want, to I want to gloss over it again so you're clear. Substandard title insurance. Do not accept substandard title insurance when you buy a property. You should be getting title insurance on everything you acquire, period. Under no exceptions should you ever consider acquiring any piece of real estate without title insurance, unless you are willing to go out, take that money that you're spending on that property and take it out to the barbecue grill and burn it. Yes, I said burn it. Second, when you get the title commitment, it's called an ALTA form. You need to read it. 
Now, those of you that bought real estate recently, I'm probably going to get in trouble by, by a couple agents. This drives me crazy, but real estate agents, you should be, if you're a licensed agent, you're listening to this podcast and you're representing another human being, you should make sure that that title commitment is delivered to the buyer and more importantly, that the buyer understands what it says. That means they actually have to read it. More importantly, you should immediately be zeroed in on anything that is typed out in bold type. Bold type usually means a change, something, a departure from the norm, what comes with the form already printed, something different, something has been added in. In a lot of cases, that is what they call an exception to the title policy, which means the title company, the title insurance company is saying, we warranty the title of this property and we will pay any claims related to clearing up any issues with this title, except if ABCD happens. Okay, except you should be okay with the exceptions. And if you don't understand those exceptions, then you should be asking questions. Read the contract, the addenda, read the title policy. That's critical. Mainly the commitment, the title commitment. The title policy comes after the closing, but the title commitment is something that's issued to you uh, at closing. Also, be important. It's very important to check the dates on your title commitment. What happens a lot is they will a title company will pull a title search and issue a title commitment 30 or 40 days before closing, let's say. That only covers the time from the time it was issued in reverse. It does not cover from the time it was issued forward. So if it takes 30 days from the time the commitment was pulled until it closes, that 30 days is a big gap. Somebody can go out and put a cloud on a title that you're stuck with if you don't ask to have that, what I, what I call it is, I, I always ask the title company this, I need you to take the commitment and mark it up, please, up to the day of closing. They call it marking it up to the day of the closing. That means that they pull another search to verify that everything is clear between the day the commitment was issued and the day of the closing. And they actually write, handwrite, and sign on there that there are no issues. They also take anything that they found on there that had to be cleared up, and that should be crossed off of the commitment and initial that that no longer exists. That has to be done. Otherwise, those exceptions are there. There is always, 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 did you get that? Always mistakes in documentation with foreclosure documents. Always. I don't care. It's, there's, I've never had a closing to where the bank that did the foreclosure did everything right. Never once. Thousands of transactions. I have never seen one where it's it's been correct. I have friends that own title companies. I'm telling you, thousands, tens of thousands of transactions through all the people I know. Never seen one that's 100% correct. It's just not possible. So keep that in mind. You should, as a buyer, maintain control of title. You should control who the title company is that does the closing. I don't care what the listing agent says. I don't care what the foreclosure company says. Don't get caught up in that trap. That is a trap. You, as the buyer, have a right to clear a marketable title. The only way that's going to happen is if you choose the title company. How to choose the right title company, we'll talk about in other episodes. But I hope you found today's episode helpful and you realize these are the things that I go over with my coaching students. It's important. These are the things that are you don't find in books. The gurus don't teach it. This is the stuff that I'm bringing out and making it mainstream. Now, the problem is you got too many people out there that are lazy, trying to cut corners, trying to be cool, trying to be hip, whatever, working with real estate agents that don't have any training. You can get a real estate license in most states for around 60 hours of training. It actually takes more 
training to be a cosmetologist to put on makeup than it does to do real estate. That's kind of scary. So you should know right then and there that you have to be educated. You have to take time to learn. You need to get somebody on your side, a coach, a mentor that's going to keep you out of trouble. Heck, find a rock star real estate agent that really gets it. You buy a lot of property from them. They'll take good care of you. Want to know more about our coaching program, something that interests you, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash coach. Cashflowguys.com forward slash coach. Information there. Uh, go ahead and book book time, and we'll get on the phone and have a conversation. If you're not interested in coaching, but you're just stuck and you're trying to figure out what to do and, and how, to, how to get rolling in the real estate business and how to make some money, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. Cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. And as always, I thank you for taking the time to work with me today and listen to me. And I hope you learned something and we can be of benefit to you down the road. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can visit our website at cashflowguys.com. Thank you so much and have a great day. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.